Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we are recording live from Drivers Club, brought to you by Haggerty, Rainier, Avance, and Carter Subaru. Yeah. Speaking of Carter Subaru, you got a tip of the day? I do. Yeah. Uh, I was going through, I did this little crowdsourcing thing on Avance for what do you guys want to know that is not a stupid question? Kind of goes hand in hand with our tip of the day, what's not a stupid question. Way to use two of our sponsors, by the way. Yeah, very yeah, very yeah, intuitive. Yeah. I like that. Good job. <laughs> so one of the uh, recurring ones was, uh, what is Octane and how does it work? Uh, this is a really common question, and am I getting? Is it worth it for me to buy 91 octane or 92, depending where you're at? If your car is designed to run an 87, short answer: No. Uh, you're not doing yourself any favor. In fact, 80, the 89 octane rating exists purely based on that marketing. Oh, it must be better because it's a higher number. Not really. You don't get anything. I mean, there's always exceptions to every rule. Um, as always, we keep this as a high-level overview. Octane is a as a measurement of your engine's resistance to the early detonation. So that's why cars with typically with higher compression have need higher octane, why cars that are forced induction typically need higher octane, and why lower performance cars typically don't, or older cars. That said, if you are treating uh, pinging or early detonation with octane, you're band-aiding something, you're not actually addressing the problem, you are still doing damage to your motor. But that said, uh, you should never run lower octane in a car designed for higher octane because you will cause en engine damage over time. If you're lucky, you'll just blow a head gasket. You'll probably burn a hole through your piston or eat your valves. Where do you find that? Can you? F it's not one of the information you can find on the door as far as which octane you should be yeah, running. Yeah, it should be on your fuel door. On the fuel door. Okay. And that's yeah. another important point I want to bring up is that when you look at uh, different cars from different countries, Europe, Japan especially, they'll say like uh, minimum octane rating like 91 ROM or 93 ROM. That actually means 91 in the U.S. All cars designed and sold in the U.S are made to run on a minimum or on a maximum of 91 octane even though a lot of them will run better on 92 because um, they can adjust for that little one octane point in the tuning okay but um that's also why if you tune your car with things like a cob access port or something and you're like yay more boost no <laughs> you need more boost plus more octane for a lot of those uh tunes a lot a really good tuner which we'll get into in a second here, we'll know how to tune your car for street and have another map for track with different octane levels. And you can say, this is my 91 map, this is my 92 map, this is my 94 map, and then you can switch between those based on the fuel that's in your tank. Now that does mix, so I mean, to do that right, you have to pretty much drain your tank and get it perfect, but uh, a good tuner will walk you through that without destroying your motor. <laughs> if only we knew a good tuner. I know, right? We should probably interview one, Dan. We should. Okay. Have we had one on before? I think Hold on. It. Wait a minute. Okay, we got one. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. <laughs> How did I'm I get that, here? I'm that good. How did I get here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's Whatever. very confused. Yeah. <laughs> We've been keeping him in a small closet with a blanket, but that's okay. So. Very generous. He's not blanket. allowed on golf courses anymore. <laughs> True. Exactly. True. Technically, you were the victim in that. In I that was absolutely time. the victim. Yeah. Our guest today is someone, if you are in the car community, have definitely heard of, especially if you follow racing at all. Uh, it's Patim Barisha from BBI Autosport. Yeah, based thank out of you. Based out of California, but uh, coming from here, uh, as well as uh, his other cohort that's not on the show today, Jared Deputy. Um, but BBI's roots are largely Northwest-based, and then obviously the market's a little better for that down there, so who can blame them? But uh, that's changing, I think, a little bit. It really is, uh, especially just even sitting here and looking yeah, Out that window right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that song comes to mind. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, if uh, if you guys, if for a lot of our listeners aren't car oriented, uh, BBI, you guys have been involved with every major race under the sun, from Le Mans to Rolex to Pikes Peak to 
standing mile, half mile, uh, anything time attack. Beat. Some of you, you know, some of them, you've even won, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working some your way up times. there. Huh? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of. We go out there to do that. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Huh? Yeah. 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 For all you YouTubers and younger generations, you've probably seen a bunch of their cars on the Hoonigan Channel. Uh, man, I mean, I, your stuff's everywhere, and I'm still drooling over the parts I can't afford for my turbo. We could work something out. <laughs> that's got to be great R and D to hook up with the Hunican guys, like, because that's gonna that's gonna test the product to the absolute limit. Right yes. there. I mean, it's like, you know. yeah, their main goal is to break things. Yeah, 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 break it and make it better. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you grew up in the Pacific Northwest, I did. correct? This is home to me. Okay. This is uh, I miss it. I haven't been here for about seven years, so it's a short and sweet trip. But um, I love it up here so much. Yeah, you know, I I left in '03, uh, just in as what we were talking about. Left is, a, is I mean, court ordered. Let's, let's <laughs> be honest. Okay, I mean, so I was okay. al- I was allowed back. <laughs> yeah, <ten years>. yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Statue of limitations. Yeah. We talked about that. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I left in in search of of to expand my career and keep moving in the automotive world, uh, more in the racing side. And then it's funny. I went racing and then back. Now my actually. The, 80% of my business is uh, track prep for street legal cars, um, weekend warrior stuff, you okay. know, and part sales. So I've kind of transitioned. We, When BBI first started, it was only race cars. You know, now, yeah, like 20%. Sure. So, yeah. But, I mean, you gr- you grew up with John from Metropolitan Detail right yep. next door to Drivers Club here. And Amanda. You, and Amanda. Mm-hmm. You, you know all these. I heard you worked at Park Place for a little while. That? Start, yeah. Is where I got my start. Ah, yeah, Park Place. I, I'm embarrassed because Butch is here right now, and, <laughs> and he's going to hear a lot if we get into some of the stories. He's going to oh, hear some stuff go. he Don't doesn't want to hear. Alexa's so. here, and if we say the yeah. word earmuff, she's going to cover his ears, and you can tell the story. We're good. <laughs> Butch has a safe ahead. word. It's blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, Wait, is that related to this story? Or is that a different story? <laughs> oh no, th- that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different yeah. story on its own. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, but I. I I'm very, I'm very stoked to be here sitting with you guys, and I mean, a trip down memory lane. I don't even recognize half of, half of the east side anymore. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> what area did you grow up in around here? I was in Newcastle, okay, and then before that, I lived right behind Robinswood Park, okay, and then, uh, Coal Creek Parkway is after right high school, and then, then Big Johnny and I had a, we rented this, for this. I feel so bad for the neighborhood we rented from, but a house not too far from here, <laughs> when I was working at Park Place, and and that was um. Then after that, California. Nice. So you transitioned from Park Place, and then did you did you go out and go to school, or were you going to school when you were here? No, I didn't really do school too much. I did uh, at all, actually. We went to Park Place, and then from there I worked at uh, at a shop called Ford All Motorsport. Okay. And that's and then um, Greg started taking me to the track, and I was just pushing tires and sweeping and cleaning cars, and then I got to start changing tires during pit stops, and that's kind of how Progression. I yeah, yeah that's how I got. Um, into the motorsport side, and nice. then being young, I think I was 19 or 20 then, and then I was able to meet some of the people from Porsche Motorsport. Fast forward, got a job there, and then yeah. oh, just Porsche Motorsports, yeah, no, just those yeah. guys, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that 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 business will take off. We hope. Well, yeah. I'm I'm hoping for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Small little German company, yeah, absolutely Cute little German company. But that's in short, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. So what's the par- what's a what's a good Park Place story? I gotta hear a good yeah, Park Place story. Oh, there's so many. Okay. I'm gonna start real quick. There, <laughs> first off, earmuffs. <laughs> for, for, first off, the coolest part about Park Place was actually Butch and Dave. They're amazing to work for. Uh, all right, this is more PG. I was about 12 or 13 years old, and we used to have a dirt bike track that we used to dirt jumps not too far from here, and we'd ride by Park Place all the time, and look at the cars, and just drool. And um, I think it was Dave's Cobra that had a Chevy engine in it. Was that right? 
That's your cobra. Oh, that Butch's cobra. Okay, so it's Butch's cobra, and I I think I was 14 years old, and I remember looking at that engine. I was like, maybe 15. I was like, that's not a Ford engine, but it had Ford valve covers, and the distributor was moved forward instead of in the back, but it was tilted off a little bit. And I remember walking up, like, I asked one of the sales guy, I go, why is that a, a big block Chevy in there, looking like a Ford? And they're like. Kid, you got to come talk to these guys. And then I talked to Dave and Butch, and they were like, "Oh yeah, okay. So when you turn 16, you're getting a job here, no matter what." So I turned 16. The you day talked, I, your, you literally talked yourself into your first job there. 100. percent Nice. And the day I turned 16, we skipped school, went to the drag strip with the Mustangs, did that, and then went over to Park Place. Said, "I want a job." And long story short, there was a woman named Carla there, and she's like, "Ah, eh, insurance? No, not yet until you're 18." So the day I turned 18, went and they said, "All right, fine, you can have a job now." And uh, right before that, we were working, I think Johnny and I were working at Prestige Ford, which is now Ford of Bellevue, I think. Yeah. Oh, AutoNation Ford, yeah. And okay. even before that was a Texaco gas station. So we, we transitioned, like, through. Thank yeah. God you've worked outside the car industry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so that's how I came to start working at Park Place, which was the coolest job I ever had, because I basically referred all of my friends to work there. And we just kind of had a good time and screwed around a lot. <laughs> so we can get into no. some we can get into some of those stories. So <laughs> the, I think the funniest story uh, it's funny for me, probably not for a lot of people, but <laughs> my cousin was working there with me and we went down somewhere uh, close to Everett or no, so clo- close to Red Renton. We picked up two cars, two BMW 740s. And Butch probably doesn't remember this, but there was a lot of traffic on 405 coming back up and we were in the carpool lane with no license plates going 140 miles an hour nose to tail my cousin was in a white one i was in a black one and we get to park place and we got immediately yelled at and i think somebody either butch or somebody from the shop saw us going you know they, oh, they were stuck in traffic they're stuck in traffic ah. <laughs> like wait a minute i just bought those, those two cars, cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. wait a minute immediately got on probation and they they said oh the police called they said they saw you I was like there's no way we didn't have any license plates on the car we didn't have anything one of you guys saw us that's you know? the best way that when your boss is yelling at you say no I think you're wrong sir <laughs> yeah. uh, there's no way what you're saying is true and yeah and so we got in a lot of trouble for that and uh, and then there was something else we had these really no offense guys but we had these really horrible loaner cars and we thought they were so funny that was they would somebody would come and drop off their their Aston Martin or their Lotus at the time. And we'd give them like an '88 Chevy Nova. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that car, Butch? The white one, the Nova. <laughs> Anyways, we the best the best part was uh, we hammered those cars. And there was a guy named Mike Rutt who was our boss who worked there, and he hated me, hated me. I with, can't see why with a passion. <laughs> yeah. And I accidentally crashed that car into Kentucky Fried Chicken in Factoria. <laughs> Hey, those buildings tend to jump out yeah. in front of you, so yeah. it happens all the Came time. Came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I well because I was e-braking it everywhere, so, you know, <laughs> and I lost it, went over the embankment, and hit the, and so I I drove home real quick because I lived not up the hill with a sledgehammer trying to bend the back straight again, and then um, so then I was on probation while I was on probation, and they almost they almost fired me then. That's Animal House double secret the, probation. I think the only reason yeah. why I didn't get fired all the times because Butch for some reason liked me, huh. and he was like. All right, he's an idiot. Just <laughs> Yeah, idiot. just he'll be fine. Just yeah. let him, you know. And then um so those God, and then Johnny. <laughs> okay, so there's another thing we used to do that car. <laughs> John's John sitting over here sweating going, "Don't tell that story. Don't tell." Yeah. That story. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to turn the 
uh, so we get you know get about five thousand RPMs and in third gear or whatever in that thing and then turn the ignition off and floor it and turn it back on. I think it backfired like a gunshot. <laughs> but I mean ridiculous loud and it started blowing the muffler off the thing. <laughs> Rain City Supercars does not support this in any way, shape or form. The prob- although we have done that. The problem <laughs> the, the, the problem with that is <laughs> I drive it back I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened to the muffler and then we take it to the muffler <laughs> shop up the road come back and then we made it a point to have somebody drop it off differently every time it happened and then once mike dropped it off there and he goes man i just the guy goes to him i just put a muffler on this thing yesterday (laughs) 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 oops he came back so pissed at us it was on yeah i thought he was going to kill me he actually tried to kill my cousin i think (laughs) and actually my cousin ran out of there like scared because he i mean he was fired obviously but Yeah. yeah i forgot what it was for but (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm sure it was something minor listening to these stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, when you're young and you're and somebody gives you a chance to work there, don't be an idiot like we did. <laughs> <laughs> take, you know, take that chance and and run with it instead of trying everything you can to get fired, which <laughs> we tried. And did you actually quit Park Place or did they fire you? No, they fired me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. Wait, you don't know that, Butch. But you, so check this out. Here's the story. And, I, and I, it wasn't Butch. He didn't do it. It was Mike Rutt. So, which I, he was a good guy. He's fine. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure he had good reasons. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I, no, I, actually, he wanted to fire me real bad the whole time. Okay. And then I had to take time off to go with Fordall to a race in mid-Ohio. And he goes, if you don't. He goes, you can't have that time off. That's like four days. There's no way. If you leave, you're fired. I was like, bye. So I, I left. I didn't think he was going to fire me. Came back on Tuesday. He goes, what are you doing here? I go, uh, I'm here to work. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, you're out. I'm like, oh. oh. So then I get, went over to Fort Hall. I gave him the sob story. I'm like, hey, man, you need to hire me now because <laughs> I'm fired. You got me fired. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, you basically got me fired. And, uh, and then he ended up hiring me, but I still had a – you know, I was still in the same building, you know, because yeah. they were right there. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little awkward with Mike, but then still hang out with Dave and Butch and, and uh, wave. Hi. Hey. Remember me? Remember mm-hmm. me? Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about After Park Place and how BBI came about. Okay. All right. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something? greater sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect this moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars and we're back so before we left we were talking about how BBI got started right and how you made the jump from Washington to California, and then you guys kind of juvenile blew up. delinquent. To, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, to yeah. leading industry muffler killing. <laughs> Speaking of mufflers, yeah, yeah. Exactly. we should make exhausts. Yeah. <laughs> I took that to heart. I started making exhausts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cheaper to replace yeah. it yourself. Yeah, right, okay. Right. I had to get good at it. So you you left Washington State and, yeah. and ended up down. Where did you first? Did you end up in San Francisco right off the bat? Or? No. So check, I, it was funny. So, uh, I had to make a decision. And it was actually my mom just said, dude, just get out of here. Bye. She, she goes, go go give a two-week notice and figure it out all, along the way. So I rented a U-Haul, put my toolbox in there, and, like, I had, like, nine things. I had a bed, a dresser, and that's really it. Yeah. And so I uh, drove down to San Diego uh, to meet a shop called Mind Over Motorsport. And I I was kind of talking to them a little bit, like, hey, if I were to come to California, would you hire me, you know, entry-level 
tech, so they did. And, I mean, I didn't have two pennies to rub together. I was sleeping on my boss's couch at the time. And turns out he was a maniac. I mean, like, <laughs> like, a, like, I mean. It says a lot coming from the stories you just told us. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was fun. We had a great time. Uh, but, he, you know, it was, it was almost like, I don't know. Anyway, I was living on his couch. Okay. And <laughs> believe it or not, I was really mouthy. And I thought I knew everything then, right? Because I went, I've been on a one race. Good thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Things have yeah. changed, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, got, I, I would argue with him all the time. And right now, I would have fired the shit <laughs> out of me back then <laughs> and, and if I was working for – so they, they essentially fired me. They, um, I showed up one day to work. I'm like, hey, we got bad news for you. We actually can't afford to keep you here. This was about six months after I moved down. I'm like, damn, I uprooted my entire life. I don't have anything. You know, I'm making like 400 bucks a month here. And uh, I, I said, okay, um, I get it. I understand. All right. Uh, do you think that there's going to be time that business is going to pick up where they're like, no. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh okay, yeah. <laughs> so two days later, I went in there to get my tools. The shop was slamming. You know, there was cars everywhere. They hired another guy. I was like, ah, okay. The writing's on the wall. I see. So my sister had a soccer game in LA I drove up and all I wanted to ever do is see Porsche Motorsport and this is I was still traveling around with Ford all at the time and actually Alex Job the the blue car down there from Mr. Carter you know oh. the, that uh that team hired me on and that was a factory Porsche effort at the time so I was tire changing and doing chassis stuff with them like light chassis but mainly just pit crew guy and I got to know the guys at Porsche Motorsport. So I got went to Santa Ana, went on a tour. I remember walking in, the technical director, his name was Henry. He He's trying to fill oil in the dyno, and it spills everywhere, and he's cussing. And I'm like, oh, is this a bad time? He goes, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I just wanted a tour. He's like, all right, come here. You want a job? Because my dyno guy just uh, quit. And I was like, oh, yeah. Timing. Yeah. I go, I'd love a job, but he he was joking. Yeah. You know, and I was like, no, but really, how do – I'm like, I'm not BSing. I got fired three days ago. I'm homeless. <laughs> I have a Volkswagen and a toolbox down in San Diego. I was like, I, you know, what what can we do? So then, the interview process took took about a month, yeah. you know. And but they started to consider me. The hardest part was I had no education. I didn't have a high school diploma or whatever. I worked on a race team. They're like, well, what are you good at? I'm like, what do you need me to be good at? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just said, and I go, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'll be the best at whatever you put me in. Just give me the time and training. Dude, I didn't know how to open w- windows to do engine mapping. He goes, all right, go ahead and open up the windows on, on the computer. I'm like, okay, what's that? And he's like, all right, here. Uh, so I, I learned that. And then I got hired in, oh, it was like Jan- January. And then Daytona was February. Uh, the next year I was at Daytona and I was doing all the engine mapping. So I, I learned it quick. I I just you know even after hours i was down there like putting engines on dyno watching them work and you know just trying to trying to learn and uh long story short they gave me the job i had to live in my car for two months because i didn't have enough money to get an apartment but that was awesome because i lived in huntington beach at the state park so they had like a beautiful shower and i'd wake You're up living in a volkswagen yeah in my, oh nice yeah i'd wake up every morning go I, I couldn't surf but i acted like i could i'd float in the water for a little while take a shower ah. and then and then I got to be friends with the park ranger there, so he let me stay, you know. <laughs> and then finally, yeah, that's how that's how that kind of came about. And then uh, fast forward four years, I went to Lamont twice, uh, did eight Daytonas, 
did, you know, I got to do. And you were you were doing the engine mapping for him at the engine time? mapping, and then uh, once traction control was allowed, I started doing a lot of the TC development, and I did the first launch control and world challenge, which was like a on-off switch on the steering wheel to interrupt front wheel speeds because it was illegal at the time so we found a loophole that to do it so that was fun i got to do a lot of cool electronics engineering on the back end you know and i i was never interested in it I also i wanted to do is fabricate and build exhaust systems and and build roll cages and so i just got into this that side and then i started helping them do engine assembly and then i at daytona in 04 uh it was yeah it was 04 they took our rev limiter down from 8,800 to 8,000. And so it was my job to try to make more power. And I actually put smaller cams in the engine and advanced them and ran a little higher compression. And was we were six miles an hour faster on the straightaway than we were the previous year with lower revs. So then I started understanding how cam timing works with compression, and I just started obsessing. And you taught yourself all this. Stuff. I mean, well, this is better than an education, I, truthfully. It, it absolutely was, but I had all the tools, right? Yeah. I had, essentially, Henry was so cool, and the... Back then, we always called it the fun days. Now it's, I mean, you go to Porsche Motorsport now, it's everybody's like, you know, they're they are just tight and proper. It's the Germans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, they, then we, we had, like, we had freedom. We had freedom to do weird things with traction control. We had freedom to do whatever we wanted to go win a championship. And that was awesome. And so in 05, I, went, I was the only guy from Porsche Motorsport North America, and we sent three cars to Le Mans. In GT class, and we took out of eight cars or eight Porsches, all factory run. Uh, the North American team got first, second, and third. Wow! And the the Germans, the Germans, fucking hated me. Well, yeah, <laughs> they they because you're not supposed to know more than them. Well, it's not that I knew more, but I was doing unconventional things. Like one thing that was really cool, and we're getting a little geeky and technical, but I would take two degrees of timing out of the center cylinders because they were knocking, but it was causing a global knock to like drop, you know, we're talking about octane, right? Yeah. Uh, it caused the engine to actually protect itself and it was pulling three degrees of global timing out. I was like, but I only have two cylinders that are making noise. So I'll just take those out. And then we we're three miles an hour faster on the straight. And at Le Mans for that, 24 hours, yeah. that, yeah, that adds you know, up real and quick. then I, we did some, there's fun a few good straights there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we did some funky things with traction control where it turned off in the pits so you can actually get out of the pit lane quick. I mean, we, there's just little weird things, but it makes a difference over time. You know, when you have 20 and 30 pit stops, yeah, the little tenths of a second here and tenths and tenths and, you know, and it's it's really a 24-hour sprint race. So I'm segueing a little bit. But anyways, long story short, I learned a lot, and that was incredible, and I had such a thirst for pushing the envelope, and I started to, as the 997 came out, the RSR right next to that car, right when that car came out, I was there, and Porsche Germany started pulling back that creativity and pulling back the control and starting to give us like best way to say it, we had legos before now we had big plastic blocks you press this button once oh. and press this button you know and like all of a sudden all of our software was starting to get blocked and i had to because you were the north american team or they yeah, were doing no, it on Porsche cars? motorsport north america okay oh, oh yeah okay. so as a whole we were kind of like the we were porsche like my check said tim here porsche but they were starting to control and tighten that down more and more and more and wanting us to do the job that is described rather than try to think. And I started immediately, once the 997 came out, I started losing interest. And I I said, where can I go and express my creativity and and still compete and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I got to start my own company. So I did that. And again, two more months living in my car after I started BBI because I was 
dumb and spent every penny I ever had on drinking and you're the only car guy that's yeah. ever done car that. parts. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, I, was, I think I was 27 then. So what, what I mean, what else are you gonna do? And I uh, started BBI as a side project. My first thing I ever did at BBI, I lowered my friend's Cadillac Escalade and put 24s on it. So that's the first <laughs> thing BBI has ever done. <laughs> what does BBI stand for? That I cannot say. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that is left for your imagination. Okay. Um, I have a company name like that too, so I understand. Yeah, yeah. very <laughs> good. Um, and then, so th- yeah, that started happening, and I got to the point I was still contracting to Porsche. I left full time, but I wasn't in the shop anymore. But I would travel to all the race teams and, and or all the races. So I did all of the the American Le Mans Series, World Challenge, and Grand Am at the time. So I was doing 34 weekends a year, making actually more money doing that than I was um, full-time with them. So that gave me the freedom to start BBI. And that's my first big project at BBI in 06. No, this was actually, yeah, late 06. I uh, I built a cup car with uh, one of our existing customers from Porsche Motorsport. And we went and competed at the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill. And I said, I will build your entire car for free if you let me drive. So we drove, and we ended up winning the th- race overall. So we set a record. It was awesome. So I was hooked. I was like, okay. That's great I s- marketing, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I built this car. I raced it. It won. Now who wants me? Well, yeah. no. And then we started getting busy. So then I left Porsche full-time, and that was a big step. I was, I was like, do I leave the comfort of corporate insurance? Oh, all you were still with Porsche at the because time? Because I was still contracting to them. Oh, and you were contract. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Do I leave that comfort of a guaranteed paycheck to try something that, you know, and the the lucky part is I was dumb enough where I was like, let's do it. Let's party. <laughs> We're going to do this. And we ended up um, Jared Deputy, who you mentioned, yeah, and a guy named Joey Seeley, who was actually also from here, uh, well, lived up here at the time. He was working for Fordals also. I called Joey and I said, all right, this is getting serious. I got an engine contract coming. Um, come down team up with me. Partner with me. We'll, uh, we'll get this party started. And then Jared, the next month, Move. He used to work at Ducat, Eastside Ducat. Got it. Eastside yeah. Motorsports. It was yep. now. It's Redmond. Right. Right. Audio. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, where I knew Jared from. Oh, nice. So then I just said, I need an engine builder, and he was the most anal retentive maniac when it came to like the motorcycles and everything was like always, oh, you know. Yep. And I was like, that's who I want building the engines. And so I trained him the little that I knew about the engines, and I just said, we're gonna have to build an engine program here, and that's essentially the spawn of BBI was, and then uh, the rest is history. Here we are. Man, good show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just no, Interesting way to sum it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, so we we started doing that and started slowly growing, and it was funny. I thought that I was going to become a race car driver because that's all I ever wanted to do. But it starting my business took me further from it than I ever could have imagined. So I haven't actually per, since '06. I haven't actually competed in a semi-pro level since then. I've done like track days, and you know we've we've done, done a lot of testing and small things like that but i've haven't been behind the wheel much i did the the baja 1000 as a co-driver which was insane almost that's a, that's a that almost killed that almost killed me but um that does that to a lot of people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh but that that was that was it and then now we just started focusing on the shop and our big focus lately in the last three years four years was to instead of being in competition to all the other shops uh, because there's a sh- there's a ton. I mean, if you do yeah. a ten mile circle around my shop, there's probably ten highly talented, very focused Porsche tuners, and they they all do an incredible job. So 
I started looking at that environment. I said, instead of being uh, the competition, I want to be an ally and a resource. So I started making parts that we were putting on our big project cars because, you know, I was obsessed with horsepower. So we were taking 996 turbos and going 240 miles an hour at the Texas Mile and things like that. And, and I started taking GT3 engines and figuring out a way to put them in a turbo and then twin turbo them and lower the compression. And pretty soon I was like, oh, cool, I got a 9200 RPM turbo. So I have the, I have the, the beauty of a GT3 engine, which is the m most magnificent sounding engine, I think, hands down, I mean, except obviously the V12s and all that good stuff. But um, then, you have it, then you add boost to it. So it has this characteristic of a big block. It's almost, it's not peaky. It's just, it just pulls to the moon. It's like a, I mean, if you can imagine them, a rotary with a thousand pounds of torque, you know, it's like, that's what if it just, the, such a linear power band. And I just started becoming obsessed with that. And, um, then we got lucky enough to meet Jeff Zwart. This was in like 2013. And he's, if you guys don't know him, he's a, a avid Porsche photographer, worked for Porsche. You know that there's a famous picture of a 930 jumping. Yes. I know, I know. As soon as you said, it, I'm like, yep, I know exactly which photo so, it is. Yeah. So that he did all of Porsche's like, 80s to 90s iconic even in the 2000s he did a lot of their photography and uh he was a hill climber so he raced at pike's peak yeah he did a lot of dirt stuff and i've always wanted to go there so he said hey i want to take my cup car that i won the championship last year but i need more power so i like what you guys are doing but not that much mix the two so we ended up doing that and finally winning pike's peak and in class in 2015 that was the ladybug car right? yeah yeah okay. that was ladybug and uh i ended up after that, 2016, wanting to build a car because I I was been I was obsessed with trying to go 250 miles an hour in a 911. And I think the record is 237 right now, the fastest 911. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to look up. It's hard to find. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> Last week or two weeks ago in Idaho, we did 227 in a 2RS. That was cool. Dang. Um. <laughs> anyway, so we got a cup car. We're gonna build this high horsepower thing, and that kind of evolved into. I ended up buying that car from my customer and turning it into a Pikes Peak car that we then went um, last year or in June, actually okay. three months ago, two months ago. I don't do math. I don't remember which one this, which color scheme was that one? That was it's purple. No, it was no. fluorescent green or fluorescent, like a tennis ball front oh, and the, black. Yeah. yeah the, oh, this, okay. That one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just saw that. Yeah. The, so the one, the one that won this year. Yeah. 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 Okay. That car. Yeah. yeah the same yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah. that, that car had the evolution of that GT3 engine in it, which Jeff's didn't. Jeff's had more of a torque monster modified turbo engine and right. then we went full gt3 huge usable power this year so i was wow. showing that car to a friend the other day and i was like i want this rear wing it's like i have no functional use for that wing at all on anything yeah. but it's so beautiful i just love it that was a technical exercise to get that to stay on the car yeah because it wanted to bend the whole back of the car off at like 130 miles an hour <laughs> it's pretty pretty serious it's huge it's like yeah then uh, did you, you, you guys did all the aerodynamics as well we teamed up with a company called virus they're they're highly talented young group of guys who are insane with aero, you know. So we we brought them into the mix. I that's beyond my, you know. You can kind of like oh, that, yeah, put more wing in it, you know. But <laughs> yeah, these guys are, all, right, but these guys, more are, yeah, these guys are like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, here's your model. This is at, you know, the, they they predicted my adjustments that I would make while I was up there. I'm like, damn, I took two and a half degrees of wing out of the second element. I look back at the notes. I'm like. Take two and a half degrees. Yeah. <laughs> they told me to do that in the beginning, anyway. So yeah. it's like it was pretty, pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I can go on with, but that was that was kind of like the spawn of BBI and kind of what kept us excited and moving and 
Yeah, and your quality is second to none. I've seen many, many of your parts firsthand on many people's cars around here. I see BBI stuff everywhere, and Appreciate I'm always, it. I'm always a little just jaw dropped at how beautiful it is. And we, like you said, there's a lot of really talented Porsche tuners, builders, exhaust makers, fabricators, stuff like that. But I always get a little smile knowing uh, you guys are from here, and I'm like, yeah, that's a really no, that's nice awesome. Piece. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Sounds it, yeah. so good. Yeah, no, it's uh, we, yeah, it just makes. I mean, I just get excited about, like, if you're gonna do something, you can spend a little extra time and do it really nice. You know, it's yeah. I I get excited with that stuff. So it can be functional and pretty at the same time. It has to be right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking, you know, you've been talking a lot about Porsche fabrication, but I was clicking on your website the other day, which uh, I go through for photos sometimes just for fun and drool because I've got my 991 Turbo. And uh, But I noticed you have a new section that popped up on your site that's not Porsche. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that as well because uh, the to this date, I'm a, I love my Porsches, but uh, the best car I've ever driven was a McLaren 675 LT Spider. That chassis was mind-blowing. The way that thing turns into a corner just makes you feel invincible. And you guys now suddenly have Porsche and a McLaren section popping up. We do. Um McLaren's the the mistress of our shop <laughs> because they're just they're so like you said you just they're undeniably amazing to drive. They <laughs> they have their quirks. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been locked inside of a McLaren before. I'm like, uh, I can't get out. You know, I, I didn't know about the emergency release. Like, I was backing it out of the shop. It was a 675 roof scoop car. I was backing out of the shop, and all of a sudden, they just just completely shuts off. I'm like, oh. Right, um, right. <laughs> trying to open the door. I call the guys upstairs. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I'm locked in the car. They come down. They're like, I, I can't open it. So they, they're Googling how to get out of a McLaren. <laughs> 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 so I'm just sitting there on Instagram. All right, you guys find anything yet? Yeah. You know, and then um, apparently there's a release here. Yeah, it's right on the side. Yeah, yeah thanks. thanks. Yeah, there it is. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you just turned around, it's right. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Tim, you should have known. Yeah. Uh, they are quirky, though. I yeah. mean, you like, all right, we put an exhaust on. Um, my front tire's out of balance now. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, my TPMS sensor doesn't work anymore. Oh. You know, so it's like that's yeah. that's a little scary to get into because then you have you just have the, it's like pulling the thread out of your um your sweater. Yeah. Every time you do something, you're like, please don't, please don't break everything. Else. Okay, cool, cool. All right, good. You know, but they are fun. So we're developing a product line for that. We're gonna kind of take our same approach with the BBI Street Cup stuff from a safety standpoint. Yeah. So we're gonna do back half harness bars, harness, you know, so you can track day these things. But you're not working just with the 650. You're working with everything, right? The 720, everything. 720, yeah. 670. We have a 675 right now making 890 horsepower at the tires. <laughs> just enough. That's a scary car to drive. I bet. Yeah. It's, it's scary stock. Yeah. Uh, that car, it's violently fast. Um, and then we do 720, the 650, the, yeah. I, we just ha we have a 570 in the shop right now just kind of poking around, looking, they just, you know, f seeing which direction we're going to go with it. But there's... um. And McLaren just keeps getting better and better. I mean, like you look at the 600 LT, that's just incredible. That's car. a cool car to yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's an impressive car. We we have, we did we have a couple guys who track those, um, and we we've got a pretty cool suspension setup for those cars right now. I mean, using almost all the OEM stuff. We just we have a camber and a rear tow kit, and I. Th I think we're all we're using is Novatech Springs right now on the stock dampers. So he's already pissed off the Germans. Now he's going after the British. Yeah, <laughs> I can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say better. Yeah. I think I think we, you know, everybody's like, oh, what do you know? A lot of my customers, especially the purists, what do you know that Porsche doesn't? I go nothing, I, but I do know that everybody needs a suit tailored if they want it. Exactly. Right. So I can take what you guys done. Thank you, beautiful canvas, and we can manipulate it to what you want, mm -hmm. and it might not be what you want. Yeah. So I always say, like, if you look at what Porsche does, look at their effort at Le Mans with the 919. Look at, you know, that that. Is what poor you know? So yeah. I never say that I know more. I just said they've given us a canvas that has 
you know, it, it has to appease everybody in this room, right? Yeah. And then we could just narrow that focus. You're tuning to the to the pat to the owner, right, Mark? Okay. And their driving style. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And then sometimes we go a little bit crazy. Well, I mean that's that's your job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. um, I want to talk to you more about uh, the, the car I've seen that I love. I mean, I love the the the, the tennis ball, like you said, the black and the the neon. Like that's probably one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. You guys do. I love that car. Thank you. It's just so aggressive, and it's like everything is so functional all from the outside and i'm like it all does something it all works and that's it all that's my baby that, yeah. that car i find that was being able to build a car that we wanted as a whole as a shop like we yeah. finally had full control to do exactly what we wanted for a singularly focused event right yeah. so now we're like oh, oh man we can just regear it we can go after a 250 mile an hour record we can go do some time attack with it we can maybe do a snow rally with it or so i don't know i don't know what happens yes we'll see <laughs> love that idea. but yeah but thank you yeah yeah no i was gonna ask you though about the uh the car i've seen a lot is the hoonigan car lately just from press i've mm-hmm. seen a lot of press on the car yeah the, the burnouts of that thing you're in the video um you, you were telling me about that car a little bit before we started the show it's rear wheel drive converted mm-hmm. 991 997 9, turbo 97.2 turbo right point one. Oh, it is okay. yeah I don't know, all the board. but we put we we humpty dumpty the car so we took okay. the best of like porsche's parts bin i put gt3 cup uh, uprights and and sway bar, you know, then subframes and all that on there with a GT2 nose for a little bit better, better slip rear arrow, GT3 rear wing. So it's kind of hodgepodge, but then we put a sequential gearbox in it out of a cup car and um, and then we took a GT3 engine, you know, and then tore that down and twin turboed that and put that in that car. Hey, so what's the thing making for horsepower again? It's like uh, a lowest lowest setting at 700 at the ground. Jeez. And that yeah. <laughs> oh, that, just 700. Yeah. Okay. So at its at its lowest at its lowest form, it's a GT2 sure. RS, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, then, and then wicked up on F- because it's flex fuel. So you put ethanol in it, it'll uh, at 28 pounds of boost, it'll make over a thousand at the ground. <laughs> it's gotta so be it's, so fun to drive. It's violent. Yeah, it's very violent. I mean, every gear shift, the huge fireball out of the back of the car it hit you, slam your head in the back of the seat every time. You know, it's it's a street car. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's a street car. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, that'll get you to the grocery store real fast. Yep. It has carpet in it. Yeah. Costco yeah. run. Costco run. <laughs> yeah. So how did you hook up with uh, Hoonigan on that? Um, or how did they hook up with you, I guess? It's just So that I, I've been tr- I've been friends with Brian from Hoonigan for, I mean, I, even before he was at, they started Hoonigan. Uh, he used to work for a magazine publication called Zero to Sixty. So this was like 10 years ago. And we he just said, you know, it's not our viewership that, but you, what you do is fun, you know, so we kind of want to explore more of that. And then I was like, yeah, I want more eyes on what we do. So it's a good trade-off. We we provide a lot of content and they provide us the viewership. And I feel like I'm cheating them because this is, you know, it's like our, our Pike's Peak effort, we have a collective of like 1.6 million views on those that storyboard of that yeah. car. And I mean, how do you get that? you know if you're not teamed up with somebody like that yeah so it was well they're good at that yeah i mean they're, they're good at doing stuff that makes people want to watch it and you think god okay they've done it all now how could they up that how could you know yeah and it's just it's incredible no it's it's fun it's i a love lot of watching fun. their videos in that that little paddock out in front yeah <laughs> that's a lot smaller than it looks it, i I, that, like, I was wondering about that like i was watching them i forgot what they were drifting around they were going up on on the basically mm-hmm. the loading dock and down i'm thinking that looks really tight like them these people, like, I would never, I mean, so I like to think I'm a little bit nuts in a car, but they, I mean, these guys had, like, BJ Baldwin was out there in, like, a full-size pre-runner truck doing donuts where I was scared <laughs> to do them in a 911, you know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty impressive. That's cool. It's cool, yeah. Yeah, I've driven Pikes Peak in my GTR, and I just, 
in the park, not racing. Yeah. I just drove up it, and it was one of my bucket list. Got to go up there. And I can't – watching you guys go up that, watching the on-car camera, like I, my butt puckered a few times for you watching it because I'm just driving up it normally. I, I think people who haven't been there before don't realize what a hill climb that is even at normal speeds that are safe in the park. People in, like, rental cars, when they're coming down, they're, they, they're in the middle of the road. Brakes like, on the, fire. Yeah, but they're, like – they're <laughs> even though they have the full lane, they're all the way against the edge of the mountain on the, the yeah. good side, you know, and they're like, forget it. it it's pretty – Better ahead on than going off the edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the videos, <laughs> as, as you probably can attest to, don't do it justice, does no. it? The vastness is insane, how high you are. There's no trees. Like, you're, you're looking at the edge of the road that turns, and there's just sky. You know, you're like yeah. – and, and in the video, like, Raphael, who's driving our car, there are corners that he is sustaining 2.2 Gs of lateral uh, acceleration <laughs> – in fourth and fifth gear, and when you're looking at the data and you're overlaid in the video, he's ditch hooking his front inside tire on. It's hanging off the edge of the road this far, and then the, it's just you know. And I was it. He's nuts. He's <laughs> nuts. I mean, it takes a special person to do that. And everybody's like, "Oh, how come you didn't drive? I mean, you built it to your car." And I was like, "Because I wanted to win, and I don't have. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that. I know the limits of my. Yeah, I don't have talent. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's impressive. It's it's crazy. We're doing our endurance drive next weekend, which I wish you were here for because you'd have a ton of fun that doing sounds it. Like, yeah, sounds we, awesome. have a, we have a little thing we're doing called the endurance rally, where we take a one of the roads. There's there's several hill climbs in it, but this is but we're on the street, so this is a very different kind of drive. But there's one section. Um, it's out of Whitebird, Idaho, which if you know that route north, and a lot of people do, there's a little bypass that a lot of people skip, and you can see it off to the right, and you're like, oh, that looks cool. The corners are so banked that like, if you stand on it, you can't actually stand up without leaning to the right. It's an open That's road. Awesome. And the problem is, is if you miss that corner, there's it's like Pikes Peak. There's you're not just, a whole lot on the other there's side. There's nothing on the other side. You're just off the cliff into the canyon and down in the river. Yeah. And so it's like... And you got to, of course, watch out for other people, but it's still like even at normal speed, it's, it's a... It's a 50 mile an hour road with 10 mile an hour corners. Right. And so you're like, yay, suggested speeds. Yeah. <laughs> Loosely suggested. Yeah. Safety. Yeah. <laughs> Safety. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I wish I was here for that. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Well, come back anytime. I'll take you on the trip. That'd be great. I'll throw you in the driver's seat. Let's take a quick uh, break. And when we come back, we'll uh, wrap this up. Right. Okay. Right. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back, uh, just sitting here getting the whole life story of uh, how BBI started and how you only have to put, like, what, 10 to 15 years of hard work in before it. yeah. it'll, it'll start to pay off and you don't have to live in your car anymore. Yeah. What type of Volkswagen was it, by the way? Uh, Mark III GTI VR6. Okay, so it, you weren't, like, living in a bus or something like that, something no. where you had room to move. But no. Yeah, okay. But you could fold the seats in the back down and... Well, obviously. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Your posture's really good for a guy that's I'm trying to impress you guys. Yeah, right I now. tell you. Yeah. As long as you sleep in the fetal position, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can barely see your spinal cord coming out the back of your shirt. Right, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, where do you see the, the, the BBI going in the world? Like, I mean, do you see motorsports changing and, and things that, that you're seeing that other people aren't seeing? I don't know if I'm seeing things that people aren't seeing. I am very interested in electrification, hybrid, and full on electric cars. Um, that's, that's inevitable. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, we're in, in John's Tesla, uh, and he's 
full throttle everywhere all day long, especially this morning when I was not feeling so hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got out of the car. I'm like, Atta boy. I got out of the car. I'm like, man, I'm impressed. He goes, yeah, it's pretty quick. No, no, that I didn't throw up. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> but but it, who would have claimed it? Yeah, <laughs> but it is unbelievable how quick that car is, right? And, yeah. And my, one of my clients has a uh, P100D, and there was like five of us going to lunch in that thing. And I was like, I don't think I can get a Turbo S to accelerate with this thing. You know, with that this much weight in it, it's it, it's crazy. So, channeling that into some of the stuff we do at some point, not in the near future, but I, I think in the next five years, you'll see BBI start to do that. Another big thing that we're doing right now that I'm really really stoked about is we're doing a lot of metal 3D printing. Oh, cool! So, uh, it's we teamed up with a company called Pankel. They um, they're an Austrian based company that that they're a technology center and we we get interns from they they've teamed up with the U, the university in Austria for the additive manufacturing side cuz you know for a short run high quality high precision parts you don't have to pay for tooling but the cost is up there but if you're only going to run 10 or 20 parts it it makes sense and we so we get an intern from the university every 6 months um from there so they help us with a lot of the the R&D, a lot of the, the design work, because you have to design parts a little differently for it to be printable. You know, there's there's not like a traditional... As far as the scaffolding and stuff inside. Yeah, the, all the supporting yeah. Yeah. supports and everything. So, you, you know, how you lay that part out, you could just make a small change, and then all of a sudden it, it makes it a lot more efficient. Um, so we're doing that. So Like our GT2 RS exhaust has a lot of the components of it are 3D printed titanium. And so cool. Yeah, that's and really then uh, cool. we do an intake manifold like on our Pikes Peak car. That's 3D printed aluminum that is lighter than the plastic part and four times stronger. So that that's the stuff that's awesome. Like uh, I was reading this morning on the smoking tire, uh, Matt Farrow, he's driving a GT3 RS right now. He goes, I just hate how this car buffets so much, you know, when you roll the windows down. So we made these titanium 3D printed the winglets, little, the winglets yeah. but they're titanium. And then we put these small funky wings on them, and it actually – didn't know but we when we teamed up with pankle they the sm- the other part of that story is they are they have their p- components and parts on every formula one car com- that competes so the resources that those guys have we have now able to log in and do some aero work we all we had to do is 3d scan a car put it in and then and then uh conrad he went through and went nuts on a computer <laughs> and we built a model that when the windows are up it actually redirects the air down into the scoops a little more you know, so we're oh, so when they're down, they're buffeting, but when they're when the windows no, but are up. they don't buffet anymore either. Okay, it kill, cures that problem also. But when you're hauling ass yeah. and the windows are up, it actually they, these little titanium winglets. <laughs> I need these. <laughs> they they yeah 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 you do need them. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll get you some. That's actually a good good point. So they Perfect. they uh, the the nine nine one the turbos need them more than the uh, than the GT twos because GT twos have a little bit better ducting, but. Uh, it's it's just funny. You could tweak a little bit, and it does such a huge difference on the cars. But it's 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 doing two features. If the windows are down, it's caught. It's not. It's taking away the buffeting. And right. If they're up, it's throwing air, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like a huge downforce thing. It's literally just teasing the air down a little bit, and it falls off the edge of the door right into the scoops just a little bit more. It's pretty cool. Technology. See, stupid things drive me nuts too. Because anytime I'm above like 40 with the windows down, it's just deafening. You have to roll them up in the car. Yeah, that doesn't happen in my Subaru. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I made a statement yeah. earlier. What do you know more about Porsche? I would like to think like they should have figured that one out. Right. And yeah. then and then you're like, oh, they did it on the first gen. They'll they'll nail it on the second. Nope. They just don't. Nope. nope and still. now you can't turn off the damn on the 99.2. I'm probably gonna replace mine with a 991.2. I love the car that much. I'm probably just gonna buy another one. First mm-hmm. time I've ever said that in my life about a car. You like that's, to switch it up. That's but, awesome. But the uh, in the point two, you can't turn off the auto start stop 
from the factory. Yeah. Like mine just stays off. It's just I turn it off and I never have auto start stuff on because you don't. The, the, the mileage is not why I bought a Turbo S. No, no. <laughs> Way to save the environment, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on a module for little things like that, too, that integrate into the factory computer. and so Weird quirks. I'm, cri- I'm highly critical of every car I have. I'm, I'm, but I do. No, but you're right. A, a company like you're talking about, Porsche, being so critical in, in the way they do their cars, you'd think they'd be able to solve that because it's, everybody's you know talking about it. They can. Yeah. yeah it's, it would be simple to, to There's solve. There's guys that 3D print plastic ones and literally just stick them on there because they're just like, I don't care. I just want it to stop buffeting You can car. do it with <laughs> duct tape and cardboard. And yeah, stop. exactly. That's, yeah. I mean, that's how we started doing it. Like, we're <laughs> but just you like, should yeah. buy the BBI ones. Don't buy cardboard. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's exciting. The additive manufacturing side is really, really cool. It's um really interesting you it changes your whole thought process on on traditional manufacturing and it, it really it's like you start really geeking out on now it isn't like the, the limitations of the cnc machine and the material now it's your mind your, your your brain is like the limitations of what you can do and how things should be so it's pretty cool that's exciting it's like a kid in a candy store for you yeah like but it's but it's your business yeah love. it's like oh look at all the things I can. no that's what i say i'm lucky i get to do what i love with people i like you yeah. know and that's and I think that's wildly important, and that's by no means are there easy. There, the ninety percent of the days are hard, right? And that's yeah. that's like the reality. Ninety percent of the days in business, I think, at least in my own personal experience, are a grind. They're pushing the rock uphill. It's it's hard, right? And yeah. and what made me actually Johnny when I first started BBI sent me a book uh, called The E Myth, and I read that, and something stuck out. It wasn't worded like this, but I thought I was awesome at like building cars. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go start a business. Now I don't do that, you know? So it took me like eight or nine years of working behind the desk to learn how to actually run a business before then I can start enjoying it again and enjoying my passion and my craft because it was a pain in the ass. I mean, it still is. Yeah. But the 10% is well worth it. You know, the 10% of being able to go and work on cars and tweak out a little bit on projects is, is well worth the, you know, yeah, no, I, it's funny. There's a, a common saying that I, I know is total BS, and that's uh, find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. No, if you find something you love and you work at it, you will work harder than you've ever worked in your life. 100%. You'll just enjoy it a lot you'll more. Enjoy it, yeah, yeah I, think, I think following your passion, making a business out of it, and a living out of it, especially if you rely on that source of income, is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah. Because when you're passionate about something, sometimes you are not making the right judgment calls from a business standpoint. Maybe Maybe you're making emotional decisions or... Or whatever, so you have to really separate those two, and then if you want it to be really, you know, viable and last long and sustainable, you have to learn how to have those two sides of your your creative and your the business side work together, you know. And yeah, it's this. I don't know. It's this has its challenges, you know, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think. Oh, I th- <laughs> it's fun for us. He says while rocking back and forth and sucking his thumb. It's good. Yeah, it's good. we're fine. We're fine. I mean, you know, yeah. exactly. well, it's fun for us. Like I said, I love seeing everything you guys point out, and I love seeing your accomplishments go up. It's just it's cool to see the the sport progress and seeing you guys contribute to that, especially knowing you're from here and having the local connection. It's like, yeah, that's one of us. Yeah, it always thank makes you. Me happy. Yeah, it makes so. it feels nice to be from the northwest. I, I this is home to me, and it'll always be home. So it's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, speaking of adding to the sport and contributing, uh, Avance has got an event coming up that we should talk about. That's an important one, actually. They're doing a ladies' day at Emerald Downs on Sunday, the 15th. Uh, I think, Amanda, you're going to be there. Um, I know several of our other listeners and Drivers Club members will be there. Like, it's, just gonna, it's super important. Like, there's a lot of women around here who drive and drive really well and are a lot faster than all of us, and it's awesome. Like, we just need more of that. We so do. Our, our industry needs a lot more. 
Yeah. Like, and he said that they, the, the, the guys can come out, but the ladies get their, their session, they get to learn everything, and then afterwards they'll do some. Yeah, guys are the support crew, not yep. the advice crew. Yep. Remember that. Yep. And they come will, out and shut your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> there are plenty of them there that will school you, and yeah. you will look bad. Don't do that. Verbally, ever. emotionally, yeah. drivingly. Uh, you sleep alone later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come on out and talk. You'll sleep on the couch. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. You like that couch, right? Right. It's very comfortable. Yeah. Better than sleeping in a car, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for coming out and, and sharing this with us well, you know like dan said we're big fans really so, happy yeah. to be here thanks for having me this is this has been a lot of fun kind of reminiscing and talking and this yeah, is great. we've definitely enjoyed the old days yeah uh, we've definitely enjoyed the stories that we can't air on this episode yeah. so yep. <laughs> some of the things were said at the break with uh, butch uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. right yeah. i think he went to talk to his lawyer about the statute of limitations but i think you're it's weird he's on his way back here with like with another guy <laughs> yeah <It's> don't <laughs> don't leave here i need yeah. to know where you're at yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah they're looking they were they're trying to figure out that muffler bill so. yeah yeah <laughs> like that's who was doing that <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever by the way that's a good yeah. story good story thank you for sharing it uh for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.